2: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money, I'm Rob Black. Tell me he didn't just say that. He said that. Pretty crazy stuff. I know you're saying, what did he say, what did he say, what did he say? Trump said he doesn't need the China deal to happen until he's re-elected. Markets are no happy. No, 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 no happy. Bueno, no bueno, no good. Upset. Uh, down big. What other words can we throw out, throw around here that would uh, sum it up in, uh, in better terms? I didn't see that one coming. Is that fair? President Donald Trump suggested he may want to delay a trade deal with China until after the 2020 presidential election. It really feels... I'm exhausted. It's been 18 months of a trade deal... That we talk about whether it's on or off or on or off. Whether China changes the the goalposts to get it done or whether the United States does. I don't know. I'm not that political. I don't know if Donald Trump says it might be better to wait till 2020 is essentially him saying Democrats have gone nuts. They're crazy. They're trying to go after me. So look what I can do. I'm the king of trade deal. I don't know. At one point in time, we were looking for a big old trade deal. Then we're looking for phase one of three phases, right? Last week, we were singing, happy days are here again. It, it, markets were hitting all-time highs. Today, not so much. It's And again, I'm not calling this the beginning of the end. But you never know what causes the beginning of the end. It's usually something silly. It's usually something inane. It's usually something that you're like, that's not going to cause the end. It could be Russia invading the Ukraine. It could be an email server commentary. It could be China and trade deals. It could be, you know, who controls the Syrian oil fields. You never know what's going to come. With that said, we're up huge for the year. And I'm okay with that not going to read too much into the remarks, because so far, we've seen this as a president who's willing to, I don't want to say drive hard bargains, because I really don't know the political vernacular here. We've seen a, a president who's willing to come back to the table one day after saying he's leaving the table forever. So I don't know. I don't know. This is one of those frustrating starts to the day. How about Peloton? Boy, are they catching some grief on some bad marketing. They released a holiday commercial. And it shows a woman taking selfies of herself throughout the year. It feels very awkward and people feel very uncomfortable watching it. Um, Twitter has exploded over it. With that said, it goes to show you, we are a country still being marketed to, still being advertised to. Um, pretty interesting, like, miss right? And Peloton needs to have a hit going in the holiday season because they're, they're a brand new publicly traded company. And now they're no longer counting on venture capitalists coming in and saving the day. They're counting on you to buy their product. So it's kind of interesting to watch the fits and starts, so to speak, of how young companies do it. It's one of the reasons I say be careful when you buy a brand new company that's never been publicly traded because you haven't seen how they handle Christmas in the case of retail. You haven't seen how they handle back to school. You haven't seen how they handle the New Year's and the President's Day sales. And you haven't seen it. You haven't seen a response, good or bad, in my opinion. It's the Dow down 400 points. It's one of those days, and I don't like being dramatic. It's just one of those days, like, we kind of deserve this. After running to highs, after highs, after highs, after highs. After highs there's a little bit too much streaming exuberance going on, is part of one of the stories. Um, 800-516-1220. We are 12 days away from U.S. tariffs kicking in on China. And uh, I think we knew on Friday when President Trump said, you know, hey, we're going to pass this Hong Kong human rights bill. And China goes, there will be huge ramifications if you do that. It's a China deal may be falling apart right before our eyes. Then he might come back to the table and say, OK, deal. And if you look at the issue, we do need to deal with China in an intelligent, grown up kind of way and not just go, well, they got a lot of money. They're buying lots of goods. And they got a lot of cheap labor, and they're making us a lot of cheap goods. Not quite, if you know what I'm saying. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Cyber Monday online sales tell us that this story is going to go away. So on one hand, you got the negative with Trump and China. On the other hand, you've got a strong consumer. Low unemployment. Um, people are employed, therefore they get paychecks. People in America have paychecks. They ultimately spend that money. Cyber Monday online sales hit record $9.4 boosted by late-night spending spree. Oh, boy. What's a late-night spending spree? Get a little drunk, a little buzzard, like, I got to buy everyone gifts. Or is it just a late-night shopping spree tied towards people staying up on their computers, click, 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 click all night long? So Cyber Monday is up 19.7% year over year. That's a big number. And I, I, I don't know if it's a nail in the coffin for malls. I haven't looked at it like that. To me, it looks like malls have some segregated winners and losers going on right now. And the bigger names like the Walmarts, the Targets, um, they're holding their own. Top selling products this year, Frozen 2 Toys. L O L, laugh out loud! Surprise dolls, the Nintendo Switch, Samsung TVs, and Apple laptops. A little surprise on the Apple laptops. I, I don't tend to. I mean, I mean, you see them; they're certainly in demand, but I don't tend to hear people pining for them. Top toys sold between Black Friday and Cyber Monday included Monopoly, Disney Frozen Two, Lego Star Wars Darth Vader's Castle. Ooh. That sounds good. I might get myself excited about Darth Vader's castle. Or not. So it goes that way, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. NATO meetings going on right now. And there's a lot of press um, in between. How do you say that? Okay. There's a lot of press reports in between government leaders, country leaders talking. So that's, that's out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Lululemon could be the next Nike. So says Cowan. Now, Nike is the dominant player in fitness and on some levels athleisure, although Lululemon has the cutting edge athleisure. Don't count on Under Armour, but Lululemon can sustain a Nike-like free cash flow multiple. $40 billion market cap. Shares of Lululemon have surged 85% this year. It's telling you it's kind of leading, right? It's a company that got into a lot of trouble a couple three years ago, maybe, with sheer black yoga pants where you could kind of see the underwear through them. And people people panicked. And well let's just say the company's back. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money investing, and more.
1: making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
0: KDOW.
2: Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. My son brought over a friend the other day, a really cool kid. And you appreciate this as parents. And, uh... He was very, very gracious. So we ordered pizza and meatballs or something like that. And the kid, when he was eating a meatball, and I don't want to say his name because a lot of people kind of know who I am. They may know him through that kind of thing. But let's just call him Jay. Uh, Jay's eating a meatball, and he's just so gracious as a kid. He's so yes, sir, no, sir. You know, thank you so much. It's delicious kind of guy. And he's eating a meatball. He goes, that's a spicy meatball. It was pretty funny because... I had forgotten that. And I'm doing a quick segment here on the power of marketing. And go watch the Peloton Christmas ad if you haven't seen it. And again, it it reminds me why you want to wait a little while to see how companies do. Once they're kind of on their own. It's like when you see a baby giraffe born. It just plops down. And then slowly but surely it gets on two legs and then four legs. And it's like, go, go, baby giraffe. Go, baby giraffe. And baby giraffe stands up and you're like, ah, he's one minute old it's my birthday, I'm one minute old today. And the giraffe is like walking around, right? So that transitions into, that's a spicy meatball. And companies have to get good at commercials and advertising. When Jay said that, it made me giggle because it made me remember 1969 Alka-Seltzer ad. Now I was not even like walking, right? In 1969, the man's walking on the moon, and I'm like, I'm just a little baby. And uh, the commercial goes, that's a spicy meatball. It's Alka-Seltzer. And for some reason, this kid, Jay, he knew about that commercial 50 years after it had aired. That's the power of marketing and, and, and such. Now, Jim Carrey did it in the movie The Mask. But the plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. It wasn't a ragu commercial. That was a spicy meatball. It was an Alka-Seltzer. And I just throw that out there because Peloton is, I think, I'm not going to say they're making a mistake, but we have to watch carefully on how good they get us to buy their their vision. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 516 to each calls on the air. Um, try not to be, how shall we say... Um, a victim of fraud, financial detectives and financial fraud. It's picking up. It's a real business on both sides of it. Um, one of the best things you can do if you have elderly parents know that they are the targets for fraud, their eyes don't work as well. They don't read contracts thoroughly. They're pitched a concept. My mother lives in an old folks home and she was called probably four or five years ago. This was before she lived in old folks, home, but she lived in her living room kind of things like she had her set up. And you're saying she lived in a living room. Should we send authorities over to check on her? Maybe. But um, she got a call. I don't know how they got their number. I don't know how anyone gets numbers. It seems like it should be illegal to get a, a call from someone that you don't want. But eh, and then you're getting kind of crazy, right? But they sold her a million dollar life insurance policy on a woman who was 75 plus at that time. So that, and it wasn't even a million dollars, it was like $100,000, but it was was something ridiculous, like for like 40 bucks a month. So you could, no, no, it wasn't 40 bucks a month, excuse me. It was higher than that. Um, The payout was big, but the costs were even bigger. And it seems like too good of a deal to be true. And, they just set it up to her bank account. How did they get her bank account? I don't even know. I don't even know how my mom knows her bank account. Getting old stinks. I mean, she's she's not the 25-year-old intellectual. She's 75 plus and she, you know, yeah, she just that's another thing like when you're sitting at home and you're, you know, 75 plus, you're dying to talk to people. So, it's easy to get scammed of your money. So, be careful on that one, especially for your parents. So, maybe this holiday season when you visit mom and dad who don't get a lot of visitors, you say something like this Hey, mom and dad, how's your finances doing? Have you bought anything tricky or fun recently? Like, maybe you talk to them a little bit. Elsewhere in the news United Health, um, good healthcare company. Uh, they issued a 2020 adjusted earnings forecast of it doesn't matter 16 bucks and 25 cents a share to 16.55 a share um, so the health insurer's revenue forecast for 2020 does come in mostly above street forecasts so they they're kind of tightening it a little bit that's okay i like united health if you were to i'm not going to say this cuz good god i got to watch my my language in 2020 um but if you were to put a gun in my head, but I'm not saying put a gun in my head, I, I, I would consider United Healthcare as a healthcare investment. Think about healthcare. There's hospitals, and then there's health insurance companies. There's biotech companies and pharmaceutical companies that you can invest in, and there's probably other little teeny tiny medical devices, things like that. We're getting older, and we're consuming more, more medical equipment, and more and more medicines, and more and more. That's not going to change. The world's getting older. When you hear statistics like there's more people on Earth today than there ever been in the history of the Earth, you're like, whoa, we're going to get old one day. Wells Fargo appointed a new CEO. Oh, um, new COO. Um, That probably just scared a lot of people at Wells Fargo. But Wells Fargo is a company that you would go into their offices. And I'm just summing this up. This is not a lawyer's depiction at all. You'd go into their offices and they'd say, oh, hi, Mr. Black. And I'd be like, yeah, I want to get $200 because so I'm going to go Christmas shopping. And then, like, next thing you know, I got a credit card. I'm like, wait, 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 why did I get a credit card? I was just getting money out of my bank account. And it was some unscrupulous employees who were getting benefits and uh, perks for selling, not selling, but upselling or getting people to sign up for their credit card. So Wells Fargo had clean house. COO had to go. CEO had to go. They got to get some reputable management. Successful failure starts at the top. Google is rated overweight in new coverage by Piper Jeffrey, citing a continued benefit of the shift of ad dollars from offline to online. I'm with that. I own shares of Google, and again, I've heard more and more people in casual conversation say, I don't watch American television anymore, and they're confusing a network with like AMC and HBO and stuff like that, but that's okay. ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox are not, they're struggling. They're slipping. A lot of that's going to Google. When does Google buy an ABC, CBS, NBC, or Fox? I don't know. But it seems to be the direction you have to go. Diageo, a big liquor company, was upgraded to outperform from sector perform. Cited revenue growth in the upgrade in the Spirits Maker's higher price and higher margin categories. They've been drinking booze for a long time. They will for a long time. Plug Power, the maker of fuel cell technology, commenced a 40 million share secondary stock offering. Plug Power is one of those companies that make hydrogen batteries. And it makes almost no emissions. It's amazing. It's a miracle. The only problem is it's not profitable. So they keep issuing shares. And thus, I have to wait till I can smell profits before I invest in a name like that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Big seminar coming up. Learn at RobBlackShow.com.
0: Maybe just a hot chocolate.
1: Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, in more. We could talk about product like Nike's. We could talk about luck in coffee competing with Starbucks. We could talk about how much you need to get to retirement. I say $1 million will pay you about $40,000 a year roughly until the day you die. Is that enough to live off of? Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. Patrick, how are you today, sir?
3: Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thank you.
2: Happy holiday season. We're, we're deep in it already. It happens fast, right?
3: Uh, that it did. It looks like the uh, Grinch is showing up a little bit early here. So let's <laughs> we'll see how the rest of this month unfolds. But obviously, December's not off to the greatest start. Um, but we do need to keep in mind that you know November was a really good month, um, and in fact, the prior 11 months leading up to this point were very good all together. And uh, and that the market, you know, irrespective of what's going on now around the trade situation, probably was due for a pullback anyway. So, some of the trade headlines we're getting this morning, um, you know, certainly offered a, an excellent excuse here to kind of pare some of those winning positions back a bit and to sort of take a step back and, you know, see, kind of let the dust settle here and see where the market might go in the coming weeks.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm picking up what you're dropping down. Now, you brought it up the trade situation. I start my show every day, and I, today I was, I mean, I'm just tired of it. Like now, these one's not going to get done. Maybe it won't get done at all. Maybe the you know we got twelve days until the tariffs kick in again. How should we approach this? Grain of salt. Ignore it. Pay attention to it. Opportunity to invest because we saw the retail sales numbers were good. Um, but it's just frustrating because I can't spin it anymore. I'm I'm done spinning it. I think.
3: Yeah, I, I I share some of that frustration with you with you, Rob. Um, okay. You know, I think that um, we talked before here, though that you know the, the market certainly uh, over the last few months has has made a, a, a very impressive run, uh, driven in part by the idea or the hope anyway that you would get some some type of resolution on an interim trade deal. So you've got that good news priced into the market already. So the notion now that uh, that trade deal might not come to fruition uh, either as soon as expected or maybe not at all uh, has uh, provoked an understandable response of getting a little bit more defensive minded and pulling back on some of those those gains that were registered when that hope was running high. Uh, we've been down this road before, though, you know, ever since the tariffs came on, we, we seem to, you know, see the president use a lot of um uh rhetoric as a you know a tough-minded rhetoric as a negotiating tactic and the market uh, thus far has continued to think that uh, uh you know that something will get done and you know outside of you know the manufacturing sector um there hasn't been any really pronounced impact uh on the rest of the u.s economy and so you know president has some wiggle room, if you will, to kind of play these, these hardball games. And it's almost true to script here. You have a, you know, market that's, you know, just coming off of a record high. Um, You have a very low unemployment rate. And, uh, and generally speaking, you have a really, you know, good consumer uh, still. And so, uh, so the market, or the president, I think, kind of feels that, you know, he's got some leverage here now to kind of, you know, push exactly what he wants to get out of this phase one deal. And if China doesn't like it, I think he's okay with accepting some of the ramifications of that um, because he's playing a little bit with house money right now.
2: I think that's fair enough. I'm turning the page to the retail sales numbers. Um, I I like using the word bifurcated. I've never used it. I've never said it out (laughs) correctly. But it seems like there's winners and losers in retail right now, Um, and the retail sales numbers look pretty strong. Economically speaking, is that an A? Is it a B? Where are you looking at the retail numbers at?
3: Well, you think, you know... uh all in all i think you know we're we're probably right in uh you know kind of like that b plus a a minus range okay. maybe um Good. you know Good. early reports uh you know indicate that you know online sales are booming uh brick and mortar sales you know over this um holiday weekend have have not been as robust and then you know some sources have said that uh, i think they were down six percent year over year on uh, black friday um so you do have this bifurcation but um, but it does underscore the importance of having an omni channel uh presence because um you know, in some some parts of the country, obviously there was very bad weather that just was, you know, uh, a disincentive for people to 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 leave their homes and and try to go out and do shopping. But uh, but they had an option, obviously, through their smartphone or their you know desktop PC or their tablets or what have you, to still get shopping done and still capture those deals. Uh, so uh, so it wasn't necessarily that you know a lot of you know quote brick and mortar retailers lost sales. It's just that they probably came through a different channel. So I, I think overall, you're, you're still on track. The retail sector is anyway, uh, you know, looking at some pretty good holiday uh, selling activity. You know, one thing that did jump out at me, though, I think that if, if, if there's a kind of a big picture takeaway uh, from this particular holiday selling season, I do think it's going to start to crystallize for a lot of these retailers that they have a lot of stores that they still need to close. You know, because if you're not getting the foot traffic at a time of year like this uh, and you have those high fixed costs embedded in running brick and mortar stores, um, you, you know, to protect that bottom line, I think you have to take a harder look at just just how many stores you actually need if you've got this effective um, uh, delivery mechanism or distribution channel through the digital um, uh, view of things. <laughs> Gotcha.
2: Now, turning the page, not a lot going on in mergers and acquisitions. You brought one up today in your page one column. Cleveland Cliffs is acquiring AK Steel. I remember those companies from being an active investment advisor 20 years ago. It's kind of not material, Um, but yet it is an acquisition. So companies are still looking around. Buffett's got a lot of cash. He's looking around. Wall Street's speculating. Maybe the market's overpriced or overbought if companies aren't acquiring each other, and if big buyers like Buffett aren't buying big companies. What's your leaning on such a supposition that I'm making?
3: Well, um, you know, it, it certainly as, as it relates to the Cleveland Cliffs, AK Steel deal, you know, that that's interesting in that, you know, it was an all-stock deal, right? Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, companies, you know, particularly I think in this, this sector, uh, do well to, Hold on to their cash, you know, because they they might need it uh, in the event you do get into a a more challenging uh, economic uh, cycle. Um, and a lot of these steel companies are already feeling, you know, their own respective um, industry issues right now. Uh, they're making for a difficult operating environment. But yeah, all in all, I think that uh, when you when you look at someone like Warren Buffett and all the cash that he's sitting on. And everyone's well aware of the, you know, I think that the Buffett, you know, market indicator, uh, in terms of, okay. you know, uh, when, when the market capitalization, uh, of stocks gets, you know, far in excess of what, um, GDP is, uh, it, it sort of serves as a warning sign of sorts that, you know, you're in an overvalued environment. And, and, and I think, you know, a lot of people are sitting there wondering, you know, why isn't, um, mr buffett putting that cash to work at at, at this point and and frankly though i mean you got a lot of companies out there um or or certainly a a, a decent number of very very high profile large companies like apple and you know google and uh, you know microsoft that you know are sitting on a ton of cash uh and um you know you're not seeing these real you know huge acquisitions anymore and it does make you wonder uh if 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 you know uh Chief financial officers and the like are are, are recognizing that uh, um, it, that things are priced at a point right now that are, is a little bit excessive, and, and I think you kind of have that fear in everyone right now that that you're at the end of an economic expansion, uh, perhaps, and therefore you might not see that same willingness to pay up and price uh, in a um, uh, more open minded or liberal fashion across. Uh, the market landscape but you'll still get those deals every now and then though Um, you know individual deals that that show some really huge premiums that you know that are eye-opening but i think these these massive uh, deals um, are going to be more few and far between right now based on where prices are
2: mr o'hare we've got about one to two minutes left is there any topics you want to hit that might be enlightening as we start this month of december off on a negative tone
3: well, you know, um, we have another employment report out at the end of the week. It's a November employment report. And it's going to be an interesting one because uh, it always is. But certainly when we saw in the ISM manufacturing number yesterday, underperform other global Uh, Manufacturing PMIs, you know, kind of raise some questions as to whether you know maybe the U.S. economy uh, is is starting to feel more of the effects of the tariff situation. And if you start to see some weakening on some uh, very consumer sensitive uh, data like the employment report, um, you know, then we'll have to deal with that, and you'll start to see earnings expectations come down and stock prices adjust further for uh, for that uh, possibility. So keep a close eye on that because I'll be watching that as well on Friday.
2: Thanks very much. As always, have a good start to your December. Your content is awesome. Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. I start my day each and every day with the obvious page one. Um, Then I move into other areas, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, uh, any sort of research that I'm reading that day, that week. Uh, But I think um, Patrick O'Hare does an amazing job. And honestly, he puts together a a written page day. It's got enough content that really kind of, not, not excites you, but it, it envelops you in with what's happening on Wall Street. I dig it. It's, it's not a murder mystery. No. It's not like a Star Wars movie. No. But I find stocks to be pretty entertaining, like Amazon's Premier League live streams. Woo! Let's talk about that. Coming up, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
1: Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. Hello, everybody. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I love doing this show. I'll continue to do it as long as I have somewhat editorial control. I was talking to some people about what you can and can't see on radio recently. It's funny. You can say that you don't like the president, but you can't say you want to shoot the president. Pretty obvious, right? Um, The rules on radio are it's a fine tightrope because you have all sorts of people out there who hear sometimes what they want to hear. Please be cautious with that information because the same thing could be said, not just of offensive material, but investment news and ideas. I probably get one or two emails a month from people who say, you said you liked XYZ stock what should I do with it now that it's down 90%? I'm like, I've never once said anything about that stock on air. Go to the tapes. But some people will hear what they want to hear. So be cautious and, and know that we're all fallible and we're all human. Uh, I love the stock market. Did you just hear that? And now I, But right now it feels like it's a little bit extended. I'm not sure I would tell my mother to go out and invest full force in the stock market versus scaling in. So I just hit a lot of topics there, investing now, uh, advice for someone like a motherly character who would probably be more conservative. And then again, I could say, hey, you know, the top 10 mistakes that uh, millennials make and somewhere in that top 10 list, it could be, you know, traveling too much, eating out too much. It could be not getting in the stock market full force right now when they're young, when they're beautiful, when they got 10, 20, 30, 40 years on their side. So please be cautious. I enjoy doing the show, and I try to do it from an attitude of hurt no one. If I help people, that's great. But if I hurt people, I'm out. I don't like it. I don't like the concept. I don't like the idea. So I try to make this informative as much as I can. Um, and it, it's funny, because we can talk about chicken sandwiches, and I don't get it. I whether it be Burger King's chicken sandwich or Taco Bell's crispy tortilla chicken or Chick-fil-A. I know a young woman who dated a man who was a little bit older than her. And she was like, are all older guys crazy? I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, he loves Chick-fil-A. Like he can't stop talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, I think all are crazy. Now if you just heard that. Then you're going to be all upset. But, um, so it's funny because the National Owners Association for franchisees who own McDonald's, they want something better. They want a premium chicken sandwich. And this is actually a thing trying to compete with Popeyes and Chick-fil-A as a premium product. Um, so McDonald's is testing stuff. They're not stupid. They saw what Beyond Meat did this year and getting headlines. They want headlines like that. They're testing it. On top of that, they're they're seeing you know the chicken sandwich headlines. People are killing each other. Not a lot of people. Not even more than like two isolated incidences. But people are killing each other for Popeyes fried chicken sandwiches. It's funny. I was back on the East Coast, and there's a lot more fried chicken uh, franchises, churches, and Popeyes and Chick Fil A. You see them everywhere. Get this. I went to my sister's uh, daughter's Christmas nutcracker dance recital so I guess my nieces and uh, on the east coast they they sell Chick-fil-a as a fundraiser so we're gonna go to the high school and there's a recital going on and it's it's the nutcracker and there's an intermission and during the intermission you can go buy a Chick-fil-a sandwich as a fundraiser so a Chick-fil-a will make like 50 of them wrap them up in foil give you a hot bag or something like that, and they set the prices that you're allowed to charge and not charge. I, I was like, whoa. Sometimes it's nice to get out. Speaking of nice to get out, do you kind of remember the first time you went into a Starbucks? I do. And again, it goes to show you that, that you know user experience is super important and it can't be discounted. Someone recently asked me, is there another investment other than Starbucks? Because Rob, I remember back in the day you used to talk about Pete's coffee when it was publicly traded. I did well. I interviewed the CEO of Pete's Coffee and I got that they were trying to come up with something similar to Starbucks that went to Cup Stores. Um I get it. And there's always, there's always another coffee company right around the corner, whether it be Blue Bottle or Phil's. Would I invest in fills if they're going public? I would probably consider it. Because coffee's something, in my opinion, it's been around. And just to shave my lack of history, let's say for a thousand years or two thousand years. I don't know. It's been around since I was a kid and it's been around since my parents were kids. And coffee's been around, right? I don't need to know much more than that. I don't need to know the actual, oh, oh, at the Last Supper, Jesus drank a cup of coffee. Is that real? I don't need to know the exact historical moment that it started. I can just tell you, coffee is a good investment. A lot of people think we're suckers, putting water on beans and woo. Then we get juiced with uh, caffeine, right? I know people who say ridiculous things like, I can't start my morning without a cup of coffee. I can't get going without a cup of coffee. I can't get a the bathroom without a cup of coffee. I can't get married without a cup of coffee. People are addicted to it, minus the fact that it's not addictive, but they, they, they feel like it's part of their life. So there's a company out there called Luckin Coffee. It's the only, and for the record, Pete's Coffee I made a ton of money on, Caribou Coffee I made a ton of money on, because I got that they were eventually going to be acquired. I thought Pete's Coffee had a chance to expand at a rate that Starbucks did. didn't happen that way doesn't mean it's not a cute investment. So there's a company called Luckin, and if you do a little bit of homework on it, and this is where it gets a little shady. a Burger Rise for taking action on any stocks i ever mentioned. It's a Chinese coffee chain. Ticker symbol is LK. Look at it. Take a take a peekaboo. Um I can't tell you that it's exactly right for you. It's had a huge run since its IPO. Um, but again, deep Is there room for two coffee franchises in the world? I think so. Look around. The world's a pretty big place. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Real interesting story out of Amazon is they bought the rights to doing a lot of um, English Premier League soccer games, and they're cutting down on the number of commercials that they're showing Amazon of soccer games, but they're charging more for them. I would not underestimate Amazon and Google's presence in the old TV world and sports world. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.